Hello, my name is Brian Martin and you are listening to Season 2, Episode 14 of the Running Technique Tips podcast, the season where we've been talking all things 5K training and racing. I'm now joined by my co-host via Sydney, Lisa Biffin. How are you, Lisa? I'm going okay. I'm actually back in Sydney after being in Melbourne for a few days. And uh, it's always really nice to get back down there. Nice, such a, I'm so biased, best city in the world, I think. (laughs) Apart from Ballarat, I mean, come on. (laughs) All apart from Ballarat. But do you know what? I've actually just been in the kitchen cooking, which is like a shock horror because I, I really don't enjoy cooking, but being down in Melbourne and, you know, catching up with friends and everything. And so, you know, we're out for breakfast and we're out for brunch and we're out for lunch and then we're out for dinner. And we, we were only in Melbourne for, I think, a grand total of 48 hours, but we crammed so much into that 48 hours that we got home yesterday afternoon and I just thought, I can't eat another thing. Like, you know, when you are normally pretty plain and you're going out and you're just being yeah. quite extreme extravagant and drinks with every meal apart from breakfast (laughs) so today I thought oh okay I've got to sort this out again so I've been preparing some healthy snacks excellent and fasting no doubt not even fasting for any other reason apart from I physically couldn't fit another thing into my stomach Mm. so (laughs) one of the one of the things I love about Melbourne doesn't matter what suburb you're in every like every little town has its you know own great restaurant, whether it's, you know, I love Richmond, Victoria Street and Little Vietnam, and then you've got the trendy cafes and oh, you've, you've got everything. So I literally stuffed myself within 48 hours and now I'm back on basically plain salads and water. <laughs> Very good. I do know how you feel. I had a big day on the chow yesterday myself, actually. It was a lunch with some friends who cooked us like a three-course meal, which was just ultra extravagant, wasn't expecting it. And <laughs> And caught up with some other people for dinner and just got home and, yeah, it was just like a brick in the stomach. So Yeah. Yeah, that's been me. So, hence, I've actually uh, been making a couple of things from your favourite Phil Muffetone and some of his recipes that he's got on his website. So The famous Phil's Bar. Yeah. Uh, do you know, I actually I looked at that and it just it added a couple of extra complicated steps that I really couldn't be bothered with. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I had to throw everything in a blender and that was just a little bit too hard. So, I actually went for his Phil's Fudge. Feels fudge. I haven't tried that one. Mm, so uh, I'll let you know how it, how it goes. I got a bit creative and put raspberries through it. So it could be a disaster or it could be amazing. So I'll let you know next week. <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah, it took all my willpower to turn up today because I, I think I might have said something <laughs> stupid like if I don't break 20 minutes at the Melbourne Uni 5K that I was going to quit the podcast. <laughs> And unfortunately, oh. I didn't break 20 minutes. No, so, uh, it wasn't a happy day for you out there on Thursday, was uh, it? Well, look, it wasn't too bad, but yeah, I was a little bit disappointed afterwards. But Who yeah. wants to recap first? Do you want to go first? Do you want to be on the couch this week? Because I feel like I've been on the counselling <laughs> couch the last couple. Well, well, I think we actually, we should get me out of the way first so that we can go from negative to positive. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good idea, but I think you need to sort of explain, you know, your lead up into the race as well, well because it well, I think it just goes into a lot of what we talk about around stresses okay. and um, life getting in the way. Life getting in the way. <laughs> 
Well, let, let's just have a listen to a little bit of the pre-race audio of us having a conversation when we we're a little bit nervous before the race and, mm. and then we can sort of get into yeah what I was doing in the lead up to it and do a little bit of a recap of how, how it actually went down. So, how are you feeling before this 5K, Lisa? <laughs> very, very anxious, actually. I'm... Uh... Yeah, I, I was totally terrified of that feeling where I can't breathe. So I think I've lost a bit of motivation actually because of it. So we'll we'll see. The plan is to go out slow and just see what we have left. It's a 5K tempo, right? Training. <laughs> I think the 5K tempo seems like a good strategy. So we're running to heart rate. Is that the way it's going to work? Yeah. I've actually taken splits off my watch and uh, it'll be on the heart rate screen and I'm just not even going to think about time. So, yeah, we'll see. Sounds good. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. I've just <laughs> flown in from Tasmania and it's been train, trains, planes and automobiles. I've been on aircraft, buses, trams, squashed like a sardine on the way up to Melbourne Uni. So I've got to tell you, I'm not really feeling like running 5K right now. <laughs> oh, we're going well. But I have got, um, I've got my lucky charm. They, they asked me what number I wanted, five oh. digits. So I went for the 1959.9 as right. a good omen that perhaps I can crack this 20-minute barrier finally. You didn't want bad boy? Yeah. <laughs> it had to be a number. So, yes, we're, we're a pair, but um, somehow we're going to have to summon some motivation to to do a good job tonight i have 20 minutes to rally motivation so i should probably stretch or stride or do something to get my head in the game warm-ups are overrated (laughs) it's according to brian well i think i'm going to stretch and then we'll try and get some uh how you how you're feeling before your race and maybe me huffing and puffing after mine yeah i might i might record some of me yelling at you when you go okay good Very good. No need to respond. No. <laughs> there you go. A few pre-race nerves. Oh, very um, much. I actually hadn't heard that and I was sort of bringing back those exact feelings how I was feeling before our race on on Thursday and, uh, yeah, I, I was definitely anxious, which I think is quite apparent in how I'm speaking. I know. I get it. You're almost uh, struggling to breathe before the race and I know you had been warming up, but uh, I think that was the anxiety coming through more than anything. Oh, I think it really was. But let's focus on you and your trains, planes, automobiles and your sardine tram ride. What happened? Yes, so so I was in Tasmania at a, a networking event to do with the employment that I'm chasing at the moment. So uh, I'd kind of prioritised life and getting a job ahead of the perfect preparation for the, the Melbourne Uni 5K. So, yes, I think I arrived about half or maybe 40 minutes beforehand and, uh, yeah, I'd obviously flown in from Tasmania and been on a couple of buses and been on a peak hour tram in the middle of Melbourne, which was uh, definitely sardines and a little bit anxiety-inducing as, as mm. well. <laughs> just just one of those ones that just kept stopping and kept stopping and not going, and I thought, I just really want to get off this tram. But anyway, we got there to the start, and uh, we had a bit of a chat beforehand, which was good, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was I was kind of in an okay headspace, but yeah, I guess you, you wouldn't have described it as the, the perfect build up and do you Um, do what I do sometimes and so I know that you had your number (laughs) 1959.9 and you you try to get into that positive headspace where you're willing yourself to do something but if you actually have a long deep hard look at yourself you know it's just not going to (laughs) happen yeah probably a little bit like that and uh, look I was probably more interested in how you and JT were going to go to be honest as well Mm. so uh 
I sort of had that had that in the back of my mind, but nonetheless, I was there to try and do a job of breaking twenty minutes, <laughs> and unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't to be. So I suppose in terms of how it went down, I, I did my little casual warm up. So I probably jogged about four laps of the football oval on the on the far side of the track there and did a few strides and whatnot beforehand before the the motley crew of F grade <laughs> athletes <laughs> were assembled over near the uh, the start line and there there must have been close to 30 of us I think uh, well I've got the actual official results in front of me and there was yeah. 30 runners which is like that's a big number and the, I hadn't been to the Melbourne University track before I didn't realize it only had six lanes yes it is a narrow six lane track yeah so you've got the six lanes and then there's the hockey field which you know is fine but there's an enormous fence so to me it felt even more caged in than um, when you've got that big wide open space. That's right. And I think there was actually three rows on the starting grid. (laughs) It was almost like Formula One where they kind of placed us across the track. And fortunately for me, they didn't place me on the front row because there were some much faster runners ahead of me. Um, But I think, unfortunately, there were probably a few faster people placed behind me. I was in the sort of second row, quite close to the inside, which was fortuitous for me, but probably not so good for the people behind me who, uh, when I cruised off at my leisurely pace, were probably like, I've got to get out and get around all these slow people to get onto the, to their preferred paces. So, yeah, the, the start itself was pretty hectic. And I, I remember looking at my watch, I didn't take a split at 200 metres and it was, it was well inside my target pace. I think it's yeah. tough though when you've got that many people and you're all sort of jostling for a position and you I guess you're not really running very smoothly at the start so your pace is probably up a little bit. It, it was and look it actually felt great early on and I I think probably the one one mistake I, I did make was to probably slow down too much after that because I kind of looked at my watch and I thought oh I'm well above pace and I don't want to risk blowing up because it's you know it's still probably borderline whether I'm going to be able to run sub 20. So I eased off, but in the end, I actually eased off a little bit too much, and mm. I I took a random series of col- of splits during the race, which was probably evidence of my quite scattered state of mind. And you you might remember, you know, have that talking about you know focusing on one or two things, and yeah. I just don't think I was clear in my mind about what where I was going to take my splits and yeah. you know how I was going to judge my pace, and so I, I think I'd sort of oscillated in the lead up between maybe taking kilometre splits or just taking a split every 400 metres. And as it turned out, I did take a split at the end of the first K. Mm. And I think it was either 403 or 404, which was a bit of a surprise actually, given I'd taken off so fast, but I'd, I'd obviously just, you know, eased right back and mm. <laughs> fallen onto the beanbag and just <laughs> relaxed too much. <laughs> so forget about being on the couch, I was on the beanbag. And just yeah, just had relaxed too too much, and from there I I think I decided yeah well okay I need to be taking splits every four hundred meters to making sure I'm on I'm on I'm on pace, but I did I took a series of four hundred splits after that, and it was sort of like ninety seven ninety eight ninety seven ninety eight, and so I was supposed to be ninety six, so I was just leaking one or two seconds between one or two seconds a lap mm. throughout the. Uh, second and even into the third kilometre. Um, what does that do to your state of mind? Do you get to a point where you think, I just don't even want to look at this anymore because it's doing my head in? Or do you find that it motivates you and you can rally? I think ordinarily it might motivate me, but I, I think I was not quite on the game. So 
I, th- I think it actually probably demotivated me a little bit. And I think what was happening, and I, I sort of looked at my pace afterwards and look, yeah, you know, it wasn't particularly windy, but there was a little bit of a headwind. Yeah, there was the a little straight. bit. It definitely died um, off as the day went on or the night went it on. It did, sorry. yeah. But for our races, it was, it, look, it was there. It was there. And I, look, it wasn't, I don't think it was a factor, but I, I just, my pace was just a little bit lumpy each lap. So I was sort of kind of like going up and down slightly below four minute kilometer pace and slightly above. And I just found it really difficult, I think, to sort of lock into that to that 96 and my body was sort of just telling me if you put any more effort into each of these laps early on there's a there's a chance that you you're just going to blow so I was probably lacking a little bit of confidence really to to kind of push the red line as much as I needed to 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 stay on pace so anyway I then I was trying to where I was up to. I think I took those 400 splits up to about 3K and then for some reason I must have forgot to hit a split and I took an 800-metre split, which again <laughs> which again was uh, took me up to 3.4 kilometres and that was 3.15, so it was basically 97s and 98s again and I was still off pace. And then, yeah, another 400 up to 3.8K, it was 98 again. So I was just... I'd just locked into that pace of one or two seconds above where I wanted to be and couldn't seem to get myself out of it, except for the last 1,200 metres, which bizarrely I took a split for the last 1,200 metres, <laughs> which was 4.43. So I kind of I finished actually finished off pretty well and I, I think my last K was actually comparatively speedy compared to the others. I, th- I think I probably would have run a low 350-something, I think, for the last yeah. kilometre. You did which rally. Was, which was good. So it was nice to be able to finish off. Yeah, one of the goals was to try and run the last K as the fastest kilometre and obviously the main goal was to try and break 20 minutes. But, yeah, couldn't couldn't quite do it. Mm. So why don't, why don't we have a listen to my slightly depressed reflection afterwards? Yeah, let's do it. So reflection straight after the race. Unfortunately, the sub 25K wasn't to be. I don't know exactly how much I missed it by, but I think it was at least 10 seconds or so. So... Yeah, a bit disappointing. I th- have to say I gave pretty good effort levels throughout and I think I sort of rode the, rode the line of blowing up, um, you know, in the, in the fourth K pretty well this time. So fairly happy with the, the way that I doled out my effort and I'm pretty sure that I closed the last kilometre as the fastest kilometre of the race. So that was one of the two goals. The other one was to try and break 20 minutes. So... Got the second one, but uh, not the major goal. So anyway, we'll uh, chew the fat with Lisa in a little while and figure out what went wrong, if anything. But I think given a pretty busy week and some travel and stepping off the plane and just uh, where the training's at and all that, it's probably not a bad result. So just have to be happy with that. So that was it. Yeah, can I actually just tell the listeners your official time? I don't think you've mentioned it yet. No, I, did, I no, didn't mention it. Go for it. It's uh, 2012.53. So, yes. yeah, a little bit off that 20-minute or sub-20-minute, but you were actually eight seconds quicker than your previous park run. So there's a small silver true. lining. Yeah, that's true. And, look, you know, if you break it down, it's it's what? It's like 402 402 and a bit kilometre pace average for the 5K, so it's it's very close. Mm. Um, and look, perhaps if I was in a slightly better better psychological state, <laughs> um, I might have been able to um, to push the red line a little bit more throughout it. But yeah, that was probably the other reflection. The other the other thing, apart from easing off too much early, was just that lack of kind of race hardening. So you know, I've only really done the three hard efforts, including the Melbourne Uni one. So 
just finding where the limit is. You you only get that by approaching it, going over it, sort of running around it. And yeah, I just lack that little bit of confidence to probably push it a little bit harder than I needed to, to, to get those sort of 400 splits down by a couple of seconds. Mm. And I think with a little bit more racing, which is something maybe we'll talk about at the end about what's coming up next, I'd be able to kind of knock that off with a a slightly more psychologically hardened approach. Yeah, look, that confidence element that you mentioned is so incredibly important. And even if you have done all the training in the world, if for whatever reason you're going into something lacking that confidence, it can be really hard to produce, you know, an effort that you're happy with. So I know that uh, there have been many races where I've gone into them and training suggests one thing, but my head and my heart are just, you know, just they're just worlds apart from where the fitness actually is. And, you know, I know that I'm a bit of a confidence runner. So I, uh, when that confidence is high, some great things absolutely can happen. I'm not quite tough enough to push through it (laughs) when I'm not confident. Clearly I'm not as well. So, uh, yes, so that was me. And look, you know, a few days afterwards now when we're having a chat about it, I'm not, not particularly upset or depressed about it. It's... I wasn't that far away and I think with yeah, a little bit more training and some more more race hardening, I'll, I'll probably be looking for some fairly good results coming down the pipeline soon. So, so just um, there is just, a silver lining. Yeah, look, just reflect on, you know, the three efforts and you actually only did. So we're now well, mid-March mm-hmm. um, and you started your walk jogging January. You did a 3K time trial <laughs> Off walk jogging, you did 12 minutes solo with no warm up. You did your park run 2020, and then you did this 5K effort in 2012. So, look, it's all going in the right direction. It is, yeah. Um, Just not quite as fast as uh, it's probably a bit of a case of actually me overesting my my ability of what I would be able to do off off this modest amount of training um, and and hard efforts but yeah uh, I I think with uh with what's come what's coming up um I'll be able to kind of push through those psychological barriers a bit more and obviously I'll be able to be gathering more fitness all of the time as well Mm. do you Um, think the last three weeks have been a like your you know your approach has been like incredibly conservative but you came off the marathon and it was like you were quite down and out off that marathon so you really took your time to regroup rebound and you've taken this incredibly conservative approach do you think that if you had have gone a bit harder and faster that you know psychologically you might not be where you are today going okay now I'm ready to push I'm ready to go harder yeah that's a good point actually I I think maybe not so I guess you know in it's one of those things you're probably like me. Sometimes when you don't succeed, that's actually good motivation <laughs> yeah. to push ahead in whatever the next endeavor is. And I definitely feel degree of motivation that, yeah, I, know, I can see things are going in the right direction and I'm gathering fitness. And look, the, the feeling I had in the last sort of 400 meters was good mm. because I was actually able to sort of put the foot down and go sort of a bit more deeply into that, you know, really anaerobic state and but still, still kind of push through. So I, th- I think it's there. It's just, it's, it's just coming a little bit slower than what I thought it might have. Um, yeah, and I think the other thing that we're all very good as humans is doing is forgetting what this initial period was for as well. And this was for you to change a technique. So I don't know if you could change technique and train hard at once. Well, no, that's definitely a thing. And look, there, that probably it's had a 
bit of an impact and look i don't know how successful i've been in terms of getting my technique ironed out i'm still sort of seeing them some things that i'm not particularly happy with at this point but i'm actually i'm really not going to think about it too much moving forward i'm, I'm just going to focus on getting the solid training and getting some good hard um, race efforts in and um, see what things look like when i'm a bit fitter and um, running a bit faster mm, well yeah, I mean, not the result that you wanted, but I actually really agree with the comment you made about, you know, sometimes needing to fail to actually then take those big leaps and bounds because I'm, I'm definitely that type of person at yes. times. I need a bit of a kick in the bum to go, oh, <laughs> okay, it's time. But you also need to want to. I mean, you can't yeah. just think, all right, you know, I, I want to break 20 minutes, but my heart's not in it. Yeah, that, no, that's definitely true. And yeah, I'm I'm ready to rock and roll now. So, uh, I, and I think you had a chat to um, your old coach Rod Griffin as well when we were there. But yeah, did, I had yeah. a bit of a bit of a chat to Rod before my race, and I said next time you might see me, Rod, I'll be could be back in that gold Eureka singlet. So, um, oh, yeah, so. just a bit of a preview of things to come as as getting into that athletics victoria xcr season as well as doing some local club runs i think that will be uh, uh really good for me over the, ne- the next few months to yeah. surround get some yourself real back with hard, harder fitness mm. and get that yeah exactly get yourself fit again you've now you've got your base and look it was probably an unconventional way that you went about it but what i liked yeah. about it is it's giving people alternatives and you know you came from a pretty low base like I know that you did the marathon but it it all just sort of fell apart and then you pretty much did nothing Mm -hmm. for a long time (laughs) (laughs) that's true there wasn't there there wasn't much going on between um, mid-October and Christmas that's for sure no exactly so you know to sort of step back up and go right well I actually still want to perform and, and 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 train but you know to to go out and do 10 15 20 kilometer runs on your own when you're really not that motivated it's a really hard thing to do so i actually think you took quite a good approach so that you were still getting out there and you know getting the health benefits of being on your, on your feet for an hour or two hours probably not conducive to fast running over a three or a 5k <laughs> no but uh look i'm sure there are a lot of people out there would be pretty happy with a 2012 as their 5k pb yes that's true look everything is relative so um yeah not too dissatisfied enough about me and my woes let's talk about you because this is a really interesting and exciting development i i think in terms of your performance yeah um, and I've, I've actually got a little bit of audio of you um, of your race starting just okay. to sort of set the, set the mood. So yeah, it only good. goes for a few seconds, but I'll, this this is you just heading off on the uh, on the start line. Go, Lisa. <laughs> it's a little bit of encouragement from me there. <laughs> and did you hear yeah. that stampede of feet? Like, oh, did you hear that? I know. Unbelievable. So I think you had about 30 people in your race as well, right? So we had, I think there was a couple that didn't finish. There was officially mm. 23 that did finish. Okay. Um, but, you know, very similar to what you said around that whole, you know, there's so many people and I think you used the words chaotic at the start and I think I actually had that exact word going through my head for maybe about four or five laps because it was just, it was a bit of carnage out there sometimes. But yeah, look, I think in my pre-race chat that we had that we played earlier, I actually didn't want to run. I was, I'd done 
uh, some training during the week and I was actually feeling quite good in my training, but I had done a fart lek on the Tuesday and had watched my heart rate. It, it was a, it was a 2.7 kilometer fart lek. So basically 3k and I was running along. I was feeling amazing. Um, and I was feeling so good that I decided sort of towards the end to put my foot down and I, I dipped into running. It was about just sub 320 pace. And my heart rate absolutely skyrocketed and I just I just got really, really frustrated, unmotivated again. And, you know, we, we had this race and I was actually more excited about JT, my husband's race, and your race. Here you are saying you're more excited about our races than really my own. And I think I get a bit – sulky is not the right word. I don't get sulky, but I just – I get so unmotivated that I just don't care anymore sometimes and we actually we had a bit of a hectic morning as well we were up at five and having to drop our daughters off at various places so that we could get an 8am flight out of Sydney and got into Melbourne and I actually had to have a nap in the afternoon I was so tired from just rushing everywhere and then normally that energizes me but I actually felt worse I just felt really sluggish Felt really sluggish and so I went across the road and bought a packet of chocolate Easter eggs and ate a handful of uh, <laughs> chocolate Easter eggs to try and motivate myself. But we were driving there and my husband's like, so, you know, so what's your plan? And I just said to him, I don't know. Like I actually have no idea. I said, I've taken the, the splits off. I don't want to look at the time. I just want to keep my heart rate below 150 and I just want to finish because I've become a bit terrified of that feeling of not being able to breathe. I think for a while there I was sort of in denial about it and now that I'm seeing it and I've had the clearance that my heart's functioning properly but there is still a problem there, you sort of, I don't know, I guess you start to lack a bit of confidence in yourself. Unsurprising, (laughs) not being able to breathe is a fairly fundamental. Yeah. (laughs) um, That's a fairly fundamental fear that most people could identify with. It's like, you know, if any, anyone who's nearly drowned or, you know. Um, or an asthmatic would probably be Yeah, asthmatic, well. you know, not being able to breathe is horrible. And I think it's just more so that, you know, I'm in control of being able to put myself into that situation. So I was sort of thinking, you know, why am I doing this? You know, I know that the 3K and the 5K is the exact thing that has been setting this feeling off, you know, doing a, a, a long run or a half marathon or the marathon that I'm about to start training for. I don't get into that red zone. So. In my head, I was sort of thinking, oh, I'm really annoyed that we'd sort of come down to do this. I would have been happier just to stay at home. But anyway, I did my warm up, and I think I had mentioned to you actually after I'd finished it that I was actually getting masses of anxiety during the warm up and I was struggling to breathe. And this actually was all in my head because I looked at my heart rate and it was like 133 beats. <laughs> it was yeah. barely, you know, barely even, I certainly wasn't under stress, but I was, I sort of had to, I stopped, I did a 10 minute out and a 10 minute back and I stopped at halfway and I was just like, Lisa, you just, no one actually cares how you run, you know, just do it as a training run. So once I'd sort of talked myself into that and saw you guys, I then mean, got onto the track, I'd sort of gotten over myself a bit and just said, right, run to sub 150 beats per minute. So on the start line, I actually was in the front line, but I was over at the far, far end, which yes, you were. Yeah, which I actually really enjoyed because like you, I thought, oh, I don't think I deserve to be on the front line here. You know, I'm, I'm not chasing a time. I'm, in my head, I actually didn't think I would break 20 minutes because I thought, well, I'm... Oh, really? I was pretty confident you were going to run 19 minutes. <laughs> 
No, well, I just thought, well, I'm not going to push this heart rate. So, you know, I'm going to keep it really, really low. But I thought, oh, well, I'm on the end here. This is quite good. Like, I'm just going to let everyone go. I can do my own thing. I can stay wide. I can run in lane three if I have to. And I just won't be the cause of, you know, the carnage that's out there. So I took off and sort of settled in. And one thing that I quite liked about this race, which I I normally actually don't like, there was no clocks. So Mm. for anyone that hasn't run a track race before, there's often a ginormous um, digital clock often at the start finish. And they sometimes also have them at the 200 meter mark as well. So you can see your time and it, you know, I know my time pretty well. I know if I'm tracking okay, but they didn't have this. There was someone calling out the times and I actually just said to myself, don't listen, do not tune into that person because I genuinely did not want to have any idea of, of the pace or the time. So I was running along and I was watching my heart rate and I thought, oh, it's not even 130 beats. I, I'll I'll go a bit quicker. Um, and I, out of the 20 odd girls that were in the race, I was again, started at the back. I was probably second or third last and just kept watching my heart rate. And as I was watching my heart rate, I just kept chasing down girls and chasing down girls. And then I think I got to just before three kilometers, actually, I sort of worked my way around to about half the field. And I looked down and I noticed my heart rate was 153. And I will say that my max heart rate in the end actually only got to 161. So uh, it was certainly nowhere near the red zone. Nowhere near the Brian zone either. <laughs> my, my max heart rate was 181. <laughs> no, didn't get anywhere near that. And still, you know, had no idea of the pace. Uh, so I just tucked in behind a girl and I said to myself, right, you know, you're approaching just about done 3K just run behind this girl for you know a couple of laps until I actually your heart- remember seeing you do that as well that yeah I literally I tucked in and I said don't worry about pace don't worry about time just if she goes if she slows down you slow down and she actually did slow down and I ran just ran right behind her and then I hit the fourth k and I thought I haven't blown up. So I sort of was running that third and fourth K again with a bit of anxiety going, oh my God, this is usually where I start to feel it. How am I going? No, I'm still feeling okay. This is crazy. I'm catching everyone. What's going on? They must be going really slow because I'm going slow. (laughs) Just the most bizarre things go on in your head when you've got absolutely no idea as to the actual time and pace that you're running. And then I hit the fourth kilometer. I had one K to go and I just thought, oh, stuff it. I'm not going to blow up now. Like it's only 1K, just get moving, like get a move on. So I sped up and then I got to the last lap, but then I got completely confused because they didn't ring the bell for me. I don't know if you had the bell, but I I was counting my laps, but you know, when you're starting to get a bit oxygen deprived and they don't mm. ring the bell and I didn't have my watch on and I thought, Oh, no. Maybe I've got two laps to go. (laughs) It's very easy to get confused and I did get confused because I was lapped by the people who were running low 17 minutes and so they had the lap count on their laps. So I always had one more than what was actually showing on the the lap counter towards the end. So it's very easy to get disoriented. Yeah. So and I think because I had started at the back of the pack and I had slowly worked my way through nearly all of the field – I then was just questioning, well, had I really? Like maybe I wasn't going as fast as I thought I was. And so I was running around and I thought I need clarification of where I'm at. And I had put on my watch, like when you start the garment, it will show how far you've actually run. So I was clicking over to that. And I must admit that trying to click that 
look at it, digest what it actually said, work out maths. I'm not good at maths at the best of times, let alone with one lap to go in a 5K. And I'm thinking, oh, it says 4.67. Hang on. Yep. No, is that, I'm sure that's one lap to go. (laughs) So by the time I was sort of certain it was one lap to go, I think I had about 250 metres left. And anyway, I sort of took off and again was chasing some more uh, girls and finished in lane three. And when I actually finished, I crossed the line at the same time as another girl and the official said, no, no, they've got another lap to go. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, are, no. are they talking to me? Uh, I'm not sure. And anyway, the, the younger girl kept running and I thought, oh, okay, well, then it's not me. But then I clicked, you know, save on my watch and I looked over to look at the time and I just was in absolute shock because it said 18.34 and honestly I thought I did have another lap to go. Like they were talking to me. <laughs> And I stood there in a total daze and I was looking around and I knew that you were about to start your race. I'm looking around for my husband thinking, I need someone to tell me whether I finished or not. (laughs) It was all very confusing. So I finally found him and I'm like, I was showing him my watch. He's like, you looked great. You looked strong. You were flying. And I'm like, no, but did I, did I do the whole way? Like, did I actually run five Ks? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't get the bell. And (laughs) yeah. I was in a complete state of confusion and shock and I just, like, I still can't even believe it. Uh, well, let, let's have a listen to your state of confusion straight after the race. <laughs> I absolutely cannot believe it. I have just run 18.34 and I'm actually in shock because that felt amazing. It felt so easy and I actually don't know what happened. I went out really, really slowly. I don't even know my splits. I need to go back and have a look at them. I just had my heart rate on and I just kept it below 150. It spiked oh, about 153 beats just before 3K. So I slowed. I just tucked in behind a girl and relaxed. And I got so confused about what lap I was up to. And now I'm actually annoyed because I think, I think I've missed my PB by just a couple of seconds. But um, like just, I'm actually just completely in shock. So I think I need a little bit of time to digest that. But I'm wrapped, and yeah, now I'm gonna sit here and cheer Brian on, and just yeah, just I I, I think I'm just still in shock. <laughs> still in still in shock, and fair enough. You, you know what the most shocking thing is? What's that? <laughs> it's your heart rate. Like I've got your splits and your heart rate in front of me at the moment, and for the first kilometer, your heart, average heart rate is one twenty seven. The second kilometer, it's one thirty three. Third kilometer, it's one forty one. Fourth kilometer, it's one forty two. And only in the fifth kilometer does it get up to one forty eight. So you've basically you didn't actually even tempo it. You basically <laughs> ran this aerobically, eighteen thirty four, without even sort of getting over your like. If we accept the the sort of the Maffetone formula as being a predictor or a good proxy for your aerobic threshold, you know your aerobic heart rate is what one hundred and forty five. Yeah, yeah. Is supposedly the limit. Yeah, and you've you've just run a PB for five k and managed to keep your heart rate either below or just about that, which I think is extraordinary. It's, do you know, there is there are so many things that I've had the last few days to sort of take away and think about this. And my official time, because I still didn't believe that that was the time they had run and I had this, 
I don't know, sick feeling that I was going to see the results and my actual time is, I don't know, like 2004 or something. So I kept hitting refresh on the results page going, come on, (laughs) what's my official time? And I actually ran 1833.04. And again, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's, that's even quicker. But then I became instantly dirty because that is actually the same time as my PB. I'm not sure about the points. Yeah, um, an equal PB, let's call it. So an equal PB. And then I just started having these. Why wasn't my foot like two sizes bigger? Because I would have gotten across the finish line point <laughs> 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 four of a second quicker. But then, you know, I put all that to, to bed pretty quickly because I like I hand on heart had no idea what time I was running. And I think one of the things and one of the reasons why I really enjoyed the marathon training so much is I stopped fussing about times and, you know, and got into like a really, I guess, meditative state of just going and running. And, you know, I'd often in long runs find myself running quite quickly. And I actually think I probably respond better to when I stop being overstimulated by so much information and so much data and simply just run relaxed and run to feel. There's definitely still something that's going on with my heart, but it looks as though if I don't get into that red zone too quickly, I can actually maintain a really nice quick aerobic state for quite you know a fair period of time. So you you are a (laughs) genuine aerobic animal like this. That's unbelievable. And again, um, it just makes sense why I've said, you know, like my 10K PB is actually like quicker than, you know, my, um, you know, like a 5K PB while I've run quite well over a 15K and a half as opposed to even, you know, like a 3K and a 5K because obviously you, mm. you get out of the blocks in the 3K and the 5K and you're pretty much in the red zone from quite early on. But my heart just can't seem to handle that red zone that quickly and it doesn't seem to regulate itself very well and it just all starts going a bit haywire so to actually see those results first of all I'm still absolutely wrapped and I'm so excited about what this potential 10k half marathon marathon yeah I mean it's got to be great signs for your your half coming up in Canberra I'd be based on those results I'd be pretty confident that you'd be running sub 84 yeah. Territory. Well, and just my actual split. So I had to go back and uh, put these on the computer to actually get them. So it was a 343 first K and I didn't I actually thought I was running sub four minute Ks. And, you know, that's what I mean about just running to feel. And when you just run to how you being relaxed, that feeling of actually I'm running three forties, but I'm thinking I'm running four minutes. It just, I was just really shocked. And with such a low heart rate. And then my second split was a 349 and then a 351 when I said that I had started to feel like my heart mm-hmm. rate was rising and I, I tucked in behind that girl. And then my fourth K was a 351, which I was pretty yeah. pleased about because that's yeah, usually nice the one maintained that, pace. that blows out. And then the last one was a 340. And, you know, that 340, I was, I was starting to work then, but it was more so mm. probably the last 800 metres where I put the foot down but you know to think that maybe I could run the sort of a 345 at a really comfortable pace over maybe 10k 350 maybe for a half it's you know I went into this race really unmotivated quite anxious and not really quite sure what was going to happen moving into the future and now I'm sitting here just with a whole bunch of confidence but also just a heap of validation going well that base that I did last year 
that slow aerobic base, that's what's kicked in here and that's what's showing that, you know, I'm hoping that I can get some pretty good results over the next few weeks and months over some of those longer distances. And even the fact that you've had to hold back in training over the last few weeks mm. um, is probably telling you something as well, that you've, you've sort of absorbed that and responded to it in a really positive way. Well, in my training the last, I think, two or three weeks, again, the timer has been you know not showing and it's been all heart rate running, like every single thing, even if I'm doing 400 splits, I'm looking at my watch every you know, couple of hundred metres, making sure that I'm you know under that 150 beats. And some of the times I'm doing is still pretty good. So it really does go to show that, uh, yeah, you don't need to smash yourself, do you? No, definitely not. Especially you. Like you seem to be responding probably better to the (laughs) submaximal training than I have in a way. And that's one of the things I've been thinking about is I I probably have run better when I've done more intensity than sort of what I've managed to do over the last couple of years following this more sort of gentle aerobic approach. So that might be something for me to have a bit of a reflect on um, as I sort of move forward as well. But but I think it's working really well for you. Mm. You can just see that in the result that you've just had. It's, yeah. it's a fantastic result. Well, I'm wrapped. Uh, I have a lifetime equal PB. And, I- <laughs> and how much did you beat me by in our 5K challenge? And I didn't want to get exact because I just, uh, you know, I didn't want, you're, you're on the couch and we've been doing some counselling. So it's just over three I'm, minutes. I'm on the mat. I've been knocked out. <laughs> you win by a knockout three minutes. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, a little over three minutes. But next week I'll come back to you with what the the winner's deal is. I'll try not to make it too uh, too crazy. Okay. I've got a few ideas running around in my head. I'd forgotten about that part of it. Oh, I hadn't. Now now I'm concerned. (laughs) I certainly hadn't forgot. So I'll put my thinking caps on and maybe I'll come to you with um, some options so you can choose the lesser of the three evils that I'll propose. Very good, very good. I think we should pause and just acknowledge what your husband JT achieved as well. Oh, I know. An extraordinarily fast 5K of about was it about sixteen fifty five was that sixteen fifty four so he 54. has he started off five weeks ago doing his first ever track race five k running in eighteen o five and he ran on Thursday a sixteen fifty four and his lap splits if you ever want a good example of lap splits he literally ran. 81, 81, 81, 82, 81, 81, 82, 81, 79. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. Just nice and even. Absolutely effortless. So he is just walking on clouds at the moment. And he looks good doing it. He's yeah. very, very powerful and compact looking runner. And mm. yeah, he was on the tail of some people that I've seen in the past who are very accomplished runners. So he, he did a, a fantastic job out there. Yeah. And so, look, any surfers out there that are thinking, oh, I'm not sure whether <laughs> I should run or not, uh, he has never been a runner and is a very good surfer and has made a beautiful transition. Yes. He's uh, hitting it out of the park. Mm. Right. So you're on cloud nine and so is JT. So What's next over the next week or so for you then? Yeah, so I'm actually flipping my headspace now to the longer stuff. I've got mm-hmm. a few plans of races coming up. The main one is the Canberra Half Marathon, which I think is actually only in four weeks' time. Yep. Um, and I would really love to run a sub 84 probably talk about it a bit more as it gets closer, but that's my plan at the moment. I really just start to, 
going to keep doing the same sort of thing that I'm doing at the moment. I'm, I'm actually getting in around mid 70 Ks a week. And I don't want to build on that until I do my 11 week marathon block that I'm going to do because I'm really still quite conscious of protecting this knee. So it's all about the Canberra half marathon. And then I've got a 10 K that, oh, gosh, it's, I actually love the 10 K distance. I haven't run a good one for a while. So I think that's going to be in the plan as well. Sounds good. Mm. Sounds good. And what about you? So you're down and out, but you've had the kick <laughs> on the backside. <laughs> Hardly down and out. I am going to continue with the sort of pattern that I've been following, but just try and get in, get in a few more Ks and a, a few more runs. And the other thing I'm going to do is probably turn up to some of the the kind of early season club runs that the Eureka Club in Ballarat's got planned. So, yeah, Rod was reminding me that they've, they've got an early season lap of the lake um, challenge or, mm. or race. Yeah. And I think that's actually this Thursday. So I might even turn up and do that and use some of this kind of 5K fitness and hardening that I've that I've done to to have a good have a bit of a crack at that and look it'll be if nothing else it'll be a good solid hard tempo kind of effort which will hopefully sort of get me ready ready for my ambitions to um to race well over the over the road and cross country season over the winter so mm. just getting used to to kind of holding on for for a bit longer so mm. yeah just just add that 6k is a funny distance but yeah it's just like run a 5k and then try and hang on for another kilometer so that'll be another good mental challenge for me it's technically 5.7 isn't it oh something like that i think it's a little <laughs> it bit is. little bit yeah. short i think it is a little bit short around the lake uh, hey actually um there is one thing that i forgot to mention i'm holding yes. in my hand at the moment my my alive core cardio band ah yes yeah so that's actually on uh, apart from all of this sort of long slow running that i'm going to start doing uh, it's also to try and sort out this funny wiring that my heart has got going at the moment so i've got the band i've got my apple watch and i need to actually work out what it is that i need to do so basically the watch band goes onto my apple watch and i download a little app and there's a uh, – I might actually take a photo of it and put it on our socials mm. so people can see what I'm talking about. There is like this little grey pad that essentially you put your finger on and then it, it takes an ECG there on the spot and then that gets and, uploaded. And that's on your watch band, is it? Is on it? the watch band, yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, that's good. So I'm actually – I've entered a 3K race, which is the last one of the you know, sort of interclub season this Saturday, and I'm actually going to – try and fang it as hard as I can. Yeah. Like this is going to sound crazy. I really desperately want the um, Yeah, you need the heart rate spark. I need the heart rate spark. So I'm doing it purely as a training exercise. Hey, I might not even finish. Like if I see it spark, I'm just going to step off and get your data and, and get the data. So that's my primary reason there. If not, then I'll be going down to the track and trying to do some sort of VO2 max session to, to replicate the, here I am saying on the, the Thursday, I was terrified of this feeling and now I'm trying to put myself Yeah, back. now you have to purpose, purposefully bring it on. Exactly. So um, I'll keep everyone up to date how that goes and uh, interesting little contraption, actually. Mm, Technology's amazing. Good. Mm. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, by all means, uh, keep us posted on that. I will. And, yeah, be very interested to see what what the results are when they when they finally come in. Mm, makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, I bet you bet you're anxious anxious to learn what's going on and what's going to be what's going to be done about it, if anything. Uh, um, and look, if hopefully it gets fixed, and then maybe that eighteen thirty three becomes a seventeen thirty three. 
I suspect it might, given given the, given the form that you've shown there. If you're actually able to extend yourself into higher art rates, uh, I'd be expecting that you'd be demolishing my 5k PB quite easily next year uh, or later this year. I hope so. Yeah, later this year. Once we get past the marathon, mm. then we might be back on the on the track at the end of the year. Very good. All right, I think that's a wrap because you've got to go for a run. So I do. Let's, let's get out of here and uh, we'll renew hostilities next week. <laughs> Very good. Chat then. Okay. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin.